Welcome to the God Solution Show, where we discuss answers to humanity's questions about God and God's answers for humanity's questions. I'm Nate Herbst, and I am so excited that you're tuned back in this week. Well, thanks again for listening to the God Solution Show. If you're new to the God Solution Show, you can find out all you need to know about the show at godsolutionshow.com. Again, that's godsolutionshow.com. I guess I'll give you just a brief description. We're a radio show that discusses Christian apologetics. We often interview some of the biggest Christian apologists in the world. We've had people like Josh McDowell and Norm Geisler and Frank Turek on. But our whole purpose in doing this show is to help non-believers find the answers that they need to come to faith in Christ and to help believers grow strong in their faith and share their faith with others. Those are the reasons that we do this show, to help non-believers come to faith in Christ and to help believers grow strong in their faith and share their faith with their friends, co-workers, neighbors, acquaintances, and even just people that they run into throughout the course of their weeks that need evidence and that are looking for answers concerning the questions they have about life's biggest questions. See, we have hope that we need to be sharing with the world, and we need to be doing that with gentleness and respect, as Scripture says. I've shared my faith several times this week. I've had incredible apologetical and evangelistic conversations on the college campus here in Albuquerque, and I've had the opportunity of sharing with a Muslim, an astrophysicist, people that were just not believers. I've run into Christians that were very encouraged that we were out sharing our faith, but one thing kind of stood out to me, and it always does. There are a lot of people that are ready to talk if you'll just share with them, if you'll just approach them, initiate with them with gentleness and respect again, but taking the initiative to share the hope that you have with those around you. So as we do this show, I hope that we're equipping you with answers so that you can be strong in your faith and so that you can share those answers with others. Again, go to GodSolutionShow.com. Again, that's GodSolutionShow.com. And you can get all of our past shows there and a lot of other resources there as well. Please, if you're new to the show, tell your friends about the show. We'd love to have other people listening and definitely encourage them to go to the website as well and learn more about the show. So thank you for listening. Last week, we talked about the best facts. Again, if you go to GodSolutionShow.com, you can click the Best Facts tab. But that just links to another website, thebestfacts.com. But we kind of call that Apologetics 101. We basically go through our bottom line, simple, easy to remember approach to apologetics. I hope you really enjoyed it. It was great. I'll recap it for you here in a minute. But before I recap it, I want to talk about something today that's even more important. Today's show is going to be about your number one most compelling apologetical argument. And this incredible argument is the testimony of what God has done in your life. This is an experiential argument for God's existence and for the validity of the Christian faith, and it's basically based in your life. I'm going to come back to that. I think it's important. We can all learn to share our testimony, and that's powerful apologetical information for nonbelievers to hear what God has done in a real person's life. This is an evangelism tool that's been used for millennia, and it's just as powerful today as it ever has been. So I'm glad that you're listening. Now, I'm going to go back to the best facts. I'm going to recap them really quickly, just because if you missed last week's show, I want you to get this. But then we're going to come back to this week's focus, the testimony. So the best facts, these are 
a couple acronyms that help us understand and convey to others why we believe in God and why we believe in the Christian faith. The BEST acronym stands for why we believe in God, and it basically goes like this. B, the beginning of the universe and life. E, the engineering of the universe for life. S, standards and morality, and the moral argument for God's existence is very strong and compelling. And then T in the BEST acronym is the truth about Jesus. The historical evidence for Christ's life, death, and resurrection shows that God exists and that he actually walked this planet as Jesus Christ. Now, the FACTS acronym explains why we can be confident that Christianity is true and the Bible is true. The FACTS acronym stands for F, foretells the future. The Bible is prophetically accurate. A, it's archaeologically accurate as well. C, it's contradiction-free. T, it's translated correctly. And S, science in the Bible shows God's fingerprints on his word. Now, last week, we really unpacked those two different arguments, the argument for God's existence and the argument for the Christian faith based on those different principles of the best facts acronyms. And then I also briefly touched on our tall tales acronyms, the two acronyms for why we reject worldviews other than Christianity. I usually try to focus less time on the tall tales acronyms because I would rather spend most of my time talking about why I do believe in Christ rather than why I don't believe in other worldviews. But in case you're wondering, and just to kind of whet your appetite, and you can go to godsolutionshow.com and get last week's show where we unpack this more, the tall tales acronym stands for T, Theological incoherence. I reject worldviews other than Christianity because they are theologically incoherent. A, they make ambiguous truth claims. L, they lack evidence. And L, they lack the power to change lives. That's why I reject other religions. Why do I reject evolution and atheistic naturalism? Well, the TAILS acronym describes that. T, the transitionary evidence is lacking. A, the apparatus or mechanism is insufficient. L, life doesn't arise from non-life. E, the existence of information and design is inexplicable naturally. And finally, S, the start of the universe, a finite time ago, has no natural explanation. All right, that's why we reject religions and worldviews other than Christianity. So I hope those four words, those four acronyms, gave you a really coherent way to approach apologetics. And I really hope that you'll go to godsolutionshow.com, click the Best Facts tab, and learn those arguments so that you can share them with your friends. But this week, like I said, we're going to get to something even more basic and even more compelling, and that's your life story, your testimony. See, God brought you to himself, and he intends to use what he's done in your life to reach others for himself. It's been put like this. I've heard it said that there are five Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and your life. And many people are never going to read the first four. I believe that we need to speak the gospel, not just live the gospel. I am not one of those people that says just live it and hopefully they ask questions. That's not biblical at all. We are supposed to share our faith verbally. I also think that our lives should demonstrate the gospel to the people around us. And you should put into words what God has done in your life so that you can verbalize that to those that you encounter. You've heard on this show, or if you're new to this show, you've been able to go to the godsolutionshow.com website and hear some of these past interviews, but we've interviewed Muslims, uh, a gay person that turned to Christ, a transgender person that turned to Christ, and others that have these incredible testimonies about coming to Christ. What God has done in their life and what God has done in your life is compelling evidence for who he is and what he intends to do in others' lives as well. So the testimony is very, very, very valuable. 
There's a brief outline that I encourage people to use when they approach putting their testimony on paper, and that's to first start with their life before Christ, then to talk about how they came to Christ. It's important at that point to clearly share the gospel so that your listener could know how they could come to Christ as well, and then to describe their life after Christ. What has God done? What are the changes that he has made in your life? Here's my encouragement to you. Go to godsolutionshow.com. Again, that's godsolutionshow.com. And right at the bottom of that homepage, you're going to see a link where you can get our testimony worksheet. Go to godsolutionshow.com. Go to the bottom of the homepage there. Click that link. Print out that testimony worksheet. Work through it and put your testimony on paper so that you can use it in conversations with people that you encounter. That's the testimony worksheet, and I think it will equip you to share your testimony, which is, again, your most incredible and compelling apologetical argument. All right, without any further ado, though, I don't want to just leave it there. I want to give you a couple examples of a few testimonies. So I asked a few friends if they'd be willing to share their testimony with you this week. Here are a few testimonies. I hope you get a lot out of these, and I hope they encourage you to put yours on paper as well. First John 4.4 4. Greater is he who is in me than he is in the world. That was a verse that my mother always told me when I was a child. That verse has so much depth and so much meaning to me, and this is why. My name is Sarah, and I'm 19 years old. I grew up in a Christian home. We never really went to a church when I was a kid because they didn't feel like we couldn't find the right one that we could call home. I went to a church with a friend growing up. They were my community. They were what I called home for a while. And I always knew who Christ was. I always knew who God was. I didn't really fully understand what Christ has done. I never really understood his role in the Holy Trinity or in church. I've always known of God. And, you know, this Holy Spirit is what has been moved through people. But I never really understood Christ. And so, growing up, I went to all these church groups, all these church camps, and life was good, life was great. But then, you know, I really struggled in high school with no friends and no really identity of who I was or what was my purpose in life and all this stuff that was being thrown at me at that age of being a teenager. I joined a rugby team my last senior year of high school. A lot of the girls on my rugby team were partiers, and so, I just kind of joined that group that, with them, I kind of went along with everything. And, you know, I started smoking a lot of weed. I started drinking a lot. I faded away from that church community that I was raised with. And I went to more with these girls in my high school and followed the group. You know, I graduated high school and I moved on to college. My first semester of college was such a dud that I was a complete failure. I didn't do any of my schoolwork. I partied way too hard. I did a lot of drugs. I did a lot of drinking. My second semester, I got into a relationship and the relationship was very abusive and very horrible and it did not bring out the best in me. There was a lot of manipulation and controlling going on. And it wasn't until I actually got out of that relationship that I realized how horrible things were. To numb the pain that I was feeling, I went back to doing a lot of drugs. I went back to drinking. And I stopped all that for a while. But then I found out my best friend and my ex were going to be coming back into town to visit me. I broke down. And that day was the turning point for me to come back to Christ. I did a lot of drugs that morning. Surprisingly, I was actually very level-headed throughout the day. 
I didn't eat. I was under a lot of supervision that day. I told my parents that I'm depressed and I can't be alone, and I know this. I was also really happy and excited because I had rugby practice again that day. And I asked my little sister to be there for her support to be on the field with me. After hearing such news and knowing what I did that morning, I needed her there. My family didn't know what I have done that morning. Eventually, the, our last drill, there was a lot of running and I was stumbling over myself and I tripped over and fell. Basically, I passed out like six times. I was in the paramedics. I told my parents what I did that morning. I apparently, I have no memory. The whole night was a blur. And it wasn't until I was on my way home, I was listening to Caleb with my mother, and I realized what I was doing with my life was wrong, and that I'm no longer in that relationship. I want to go back to that community that I was with, with God. That was where I was always found this feeling of being whole, and feeling of being a part of something bigger than me. And that is when I was mostly truly happy. That was when I gave my life over to Christ again. That was when I found my identity. My purpose in life was with God. I told him, I won't touch another drug, a bottle again, and I will continue to follow you if you can give me a blessed life. And since that night, I have stopped everything I've done. There's been temptation, but I've turned it down. He has just blessed me with every day I wake up seeing my purpose in this life and seeing what He has done for me. That night was when I saw what Christ has done. That pain that I felt, the struggle I went through that night, Christ has done much more than me. When He was on that cross, that is where, you know, the pain that He went through for me. And it wasn't until I had to go through significant pain to see what He has done. But that pain that he went through was far more worse than mine. That's when I woke up. My life since Christ has been amazing. I have joined a new church, blessing from God, and being a part of something that's, again, greater than me. To go back to that verse, greater is he who is in me than he is in the world. I found myself more fulfilling with God than I was when I was doing those worldly pleasures. He is where I find hope, where I found life, where I find meaning. Um, this new church that I have joined has accepted me completely. I plan to being baptized soon this month. From that night on and from here on, and when I get baptized, I plan to continue this lifestyle, this way of life, because this is what it's all about. Amazingness is all I can really say. My name is Adam and I'm 28 years old. Being younger, I only knew of God. I didn't know Him personally. I was raised Catholic, and we would go to church every Sunday and recognize holidays like Christmas and Easter, of course, which all seemed fine, and I see that being Catholic did help plant a seed in me to know and guide me towards a belief in Him, but my heart wasn't correct with God, and nor did my outer actions demonstrate a righteous walk. From a young age, there were times of being bullied, which led me to be somewhat of a bully myself in the sense of making fun of people to hide my hurt inside. And over time, I tried to find ways to get out of being bullied. So the media back then influenced myself to change my ways of wanting to get praise and attention from other people. And once the end of high school came around, I stopped going to church and I went through some rebellious years. I would disrespect my parents to the extreme, make worldly music, partied a lot, which led to drinking, chasing girls, lustful thoughts, even hurting friends within the process. And by the age of 20 or so, I was in a deep depression that no one knew or recognized from my knowledge. 
and I would now cover up my hurt with a continuous cycle of what actually led to it. Overall, I was stuck. And God was still in my mind, but I put him in the back of my mind when he should have been front and center, and he was more of an acquaintance to me. I would only call on him at my selfish convenience, but at a point of my depression being at an all-time low, I did call on him with a sincere heart to help me and guide me out of the mess that I made myself into, and I quickly started changing my ways in hurtful relationships with people, reconcile with friends. This was the start, but I still did the partying and drinking. Other than that, not much really changed in my life. I always wanted to read the Bible, so I downloaded the Bible app on my phone. Within the Bible, I didn't know what a verse, chapter, or book was. I was clueless. And I remember I asked a friend what these little numbers by the words were, as I didn't know exactly what I was reading. But I made a commitment to myself, and more importantly to God, that I would read it at least once if he allowed and helped me to. Once I begin to read it, I noticed a trend of much that I was raised with wasn't part of scripture, and also noticed how fair, loving, and holy God was, and how much I was nowhere close to that. This got me confused, scared of going to hell, and much more random and mixed feelings. And after reading the full Bible, I had many questions, and I prayed them to God along with asking for help and wisdom to understand His Word. Right after praying, God told me to read the Bible again. So after just finishing it, I reread it again over the next few months. All my questions were answered, and during the second full reading, and after much research was being done and studying His Word and truth along with continuous reading, I recognized no one should change, alter, add, or take away from God's Word. And I remember, and I remember the day I realized I truly knew God. I knew and believed just how much Jesus has done for me. I knew I was saved, and my worldview became a godly worldview. My eyes, ears, mind, and heart were opened up to recognize much that I never realized before. He revealed much to me and reasons how some things in my life were treating the disguise to be used for His glory. And I came to know the truth and submit myself to it. And it wasn't until I submitted myself and desires to Him and His will that my life started to change. Over time, my friends, family, and I noticed my character change and my outward actions started lining up with my new created heart with God. It took me a while, but I've been able to quit a lot of bad habits and practice self-control in many areas. And with God's help, I'll continue to succeed, and I have no doubt about that. I changed from doing worldly music to Christian music. I gained new friends, gone back to church that I actually call home now, and I got baptized. I don't have a desire to go back to the way I was, and now have happiness, peace, faith, hope, and love that I never experienced before that I don't want to give up. I used to feel uncomfortable talking about God or going to church, but that was because I knew I wasn't right with God. Now I'm not ashamed of the gospel or how God has changed me because He has saved me in every way that I could be saved, and He helps and provides for me when I can't help or provide for myself. So my trust and faith grew with Him, and He has never let me down. Because I've experienced God's grace and love and full respect, which is found in Jesus Christ, it would only make sense for me to share this with all who desire the same thing, so they may experience God's grace and love. And the start is by His Word. Proverbs three six, in all your way acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. I'm Angel, and I'm twenty seven. When I was a little girl, I wanted to be a nun. I watched The Sound of Music and Sister Act way too many times. I was raised Catholic, and I was determined to accomplish all the necessary sacraments. Little did I know, none of them were the ticket to get into heaven. I remember being taught, if you say three Hail Marys, you'll go to heaven. But over the years, I have found that to be far from the truth. 
Even though I went to church every Sunday and catechism every Saturday, I still didn't fully understand why. I knew Jesus died on the cross, and I eventually started believing it was just to make us all feel guilty. I was never taught the love that was behind it, a love greater than anyone could ever imagine. When I was 16, I started dating a guy who was in the midst of becoming a Satanist. He never encouraged me to change in any way, but I started questioning and doubting my God's power and even His existence. I became a very easy target for Satan at that very moment. When I was 17, I had the desire to experience all the pleasures this world had to offer. I started drinking, lying to my family, being promiscuous, and neglected school. When I was 18, I graduated high school, five months pregnant and unmarried. I was with an ex-heroin addict. My family didn't approve since my father passed away from a heroin overdose, and my birth mother gave me up for the same drug. It didn't stop me. I thought I was in love. I gave birth to our second child when I was 20, still not married and now feeling overwhelmed with the decisions I had made. I was depressed. I didn't want to do anything but sleep and be alone. And I soon impulsively quit my job. With their dad hardly around, I had to make money somehow. So I decided to start dancing at a gentleman's bar, a strip club. I fell in love with the money. I finally felt wanted. It seemed like the perfect job. Not too many hours, free drinks, no boss. But then I was introduced to cocaine, then pills, then meth. I became the selfish person I never imagined I could possibly be. My kids weren't being properly taken care of. Their dad had relapsed. We were living in motels. My life was a big failing mess. Business started slowing down for me at work. I had nowhere to go. I couldn't even afford a $38 a night room. I knew I needed help. I was too ashamed to ask anyone for help. In the back of my mind, I knew I needed to pray. But I didn't have the faith in God. I still trusted myself. In January 2012, I was arrested for DWI and my kids were taken by CYFD. I spent a week in jail and I prayed like I never prayed before. It took that much to finally surrender myself to God. All I could think about was my kids and how much of an idiot I was to let all this happen. I spent the majority of my time reading the Bible and praying. When I got out, I knew it was time to get my life straight. God gave me a second chance. Isaiah 118 says, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. It all started coming together for me. His crucifixion was for me and for you, so that we may have hope and not fear, so we may have strength, not failure, so we may have forgiveness and salvation instead of guilt and death. A friend took me to church and the pastor did an altar call to whomever wanted to receive Jesus and his promises. I knew it was time for me to accept him because he had been waiting. As I stood at the altar crying, a feeling of relief of everything overcame me. Everything I was struggling with, all the hurt I had caused my kids, all the addiction pains and all the embarrassment were erased. God filled me with faith and joy. 1 Peter 5.10 says, After season of suffering, God in all His grace will restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. I knew my time of suffering from my addiction to the world had came to an end. Now I had what I didn't think I ever needed, Jesus and His forgiveness, His strength and His love. 
2 Kings 25. This is what the Lord says. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will heal you. Psalm 32. O oh Lord, my God, I cried out to you and you healed me. There is true power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. His promises are yours. Well, I hope you enjoyed hearing those testimonies. They are a compelling argument for God's power to change a person's life. I hope you enjoyed it. Well, you, again, like I said before, can do your testimony as well. Go to GodSolutionShow.com. Go to the bottom of the homepage, and you're going to see a link there that says Testimony Worksheet. Click that link, download the Testimony Worksheet, print it off, and put your testimony on paper and learn to use it in conversation as an evangelistic tool and as an apologetical tool as well. This is compelling evidence for God's existence and for the Christian truth claims. This is compelling evidence for the truth of Christianity. What God has done in your life will help others come to a point of putting their faith in Jesus as well. Well, all these testimonies describe the power of God to change a human life. So I would be crazy if I didn't describe the gospel right here before getting off the air today. I know there are people in the audience that don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I wouldn't dare end this show without giving you the opportunity to experience the life change that you just heard about from these friends of mine. Here is the gospel. It's really pretty simple. The bottom line, Jesus said it himself in the most famous verse in the Bible, John 3, 16, that God so loved the world. And that's not just a broad general term. God loves you. He created you and he loves you infinitely. He loves you, the Bible says, with an infinite love. His thoughts for you outnumber the sand of the seas. He loves you dearly. He desires to be in relationship with you. He created human beings from the very beginning, Adam and Eve, to be in relationship with him. That relationship was broken through our sin. God desires that relationship with you to be restored. I think you've probably felt distant from God for most of your life, and today you have an opportunity to turn to him and experience relationship with him, forgiveness from your past. The Bible says God loves you and desires relationship with you, but you and I are sinful, and our sin separates us from a perfect and just God who can't tolerate our sin. Left unmitigated, we would have nothing to look forward to but an eternity apart from him in hell. Thankfully, God became a man. He lived on this planet. He lived and died again. The historical evidence for that is overwhelming. And he rose from the dead, conquering death once and for all. And he gives you a gift of eternal life. The Bible says if you put your faith and your trust in him, you'll be adopted into his family. And you'll be able to look forward to a life of abundance and meaning and purpose on this planet and an eternity with him in heaven. If you've never taken that step, I would encourage you to do it today. You could verbalize that through prayer saying, Jesus, I put my faith and my trust in you. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me and for rising again to give me new life. Please come into my life. Be my savior and my Lord. Make me the kind of person that you want me to be. If you took that step this morning, you've been adopted into his family. Go to a local church this weekend and plug in. You can go to GodSolutionShow.com for a list of local churches that you could visit. Well, it's been great having you this morning. I also want to invite you to partner with The God Solution Show. You can do that by sharing the show with your friends, invite them to tune in. You could also do it by sharing the website with your friends, linking it on your social media. And finally, you could do that by financially supporting the show. You can go to GodSolutionShow.com and click the Partner tab if you want to be a part of the show. 
I am so glad that you're listening, that you're tuned in, and I'm so glad that you're going to be taking this step to put your testimony on paper and to share that with those around you. I'm excited that God will use you in greater ways than you can imagine or expect. It's going to be great. So again, as we close out the show, please go to GodSolutionShow.com. Contact us there. You could send us a message. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the show, anything like that. Look at the list of local churches there and the reading list to grow in your faith and get a bunch of other info and check out some of our past shows. There's a lot there that you can really, really grow with. And last but not least, I got to say thank you to my good friend Adam for doing the testimonies. He edited those. He mixed those. They sounded so awesome. I would encourage you to check out some of Adam's music. He is doing everything he can to point to Jesus through his music. And you can find more about him at Facebook.com, and then you can just search for one word, New Mexico Estilo, E-S-T-I-L-O. New Mexico Estilo, E-S-T-I-L-O, one word. Or you could go to ReverbNation.com slash New Mexico's Estilo. Again, that's ReverbNation.com slash New Mexico's Estilo, E-S-T-I-L-O. Thank you so much, Adam, for all you did to make this week's show possible. All right, like I always say, an open mind, honest heart, humble disposition, and diligent search always lead to Jesus. If you really approach the evidence with an open mind, you're going to come to the conclusion and the realization that Jesus is who he says he is and that he can do what he says he can do. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day, and I look forward to being back on the air with you next week. Have a wonderful afternoon. Oh,